Coming to you from the breakfast taco capital of the world, it's the most unique hour of sports talk streaming worldwide. Worldwide. And beyond. And beyond. Live from the Alamo City, it's the Two Shots Podcast, hosted by Joe Garcia. Welcome to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Garcia, and yes, we are back. Today we're going to be joined by our co-host, good friends here. We're going to be joined by the one and only Benjamin Bornstein of Project Spurs, who is also our NBA prospect uh, specialist and also an NBA analyst. Ben, it's a pleasure to have you back. How you been? Uh, fantastic, sir. Excited to be back. Ready to do two shots things. Yeah, me too, man. It's been quite some time since we recorded an episode, and we're also going to be joined by our, our friend and co-host here, the one and only Wesley Perkins. Wesley, how's it going? I hear that you are finally moved in. It is amazing to be in our new place. Really enjoying it. Glad to be out of the uh, hellhole that I was in previously. So, you know, I, I, I'm just glad to be back up and, uh, you know, be able to talk sports with you guys. It's been a while, and so it's nice to, uh, to congregate again and talk some Spurs. Yeah, it has been uh, nice to get back and uh, start recording a new episode. We've been uh, gone for quite some time, but full disclosure here, you know, uh, we all needed a break uh, after the passing of Project Spurs founder, uh, Michael DeLeon, uh, kind of affected all of us, you know, and myself included as well. So kind of needed a break, you know, uh, from all that and uh, kind of contemplated, dude, I want to keep on doing podcasting. Do I want to keep on doing this? But at the end of the day, I said, no, nah, I'm going to go ahead and push through all this and get back on the horse because that's what Mike would have wanted. So getting back and in, in, into recording new episodes of Two Shots podcast to honor the one and only Michael DeLeon. So as we move forward here and we start talking San Antonio Spurs basketball, we had something that kind of broke uh, just a little while ago. Josh Primo came down with the COVID, it appears. He has entered the NBA health and safety protocols. He will be joining now one Jeremy Sohan as the other member who had entered the NBA health and safety protocols before Summer League. So now that um, Josh Primo has entered the NBA safety uh, health and safety protocols, he's probably going to wind up missing the rest of the Summer League. So, yeah, definitely there's an issue going on here with the Spurs and and the COVID, man. So, you know, it's, it's uh, one of those things that, I think teams are going to still keep on dealing with as the season unfolds. And unfortunately for the rest of summer league, it's going to be an issue as well. Uh, so what was your reaction, Wesley? We'll get your reaction first when you heard this news. You know, it just further proves the point to everybody that um, COVID just continues to evolve. And, um, you know, I know I, I'm, I'm sure you guys have, have dealt with it too. I, I had my own bout with COVID early in the summer. So I did too. Know, it, yeah. See Joe, I mean, it's inevitable almost because, you know, you know, you're in such close proximity uh, on sports teams and, and especially in locker rooms of that. You know, it's just, you know, it's inevitable that it's going to happen. I, you know, I kind of thought maybe and maybe this is just presumptuous a little bit, but kind of thought that Primo looked a little sluggish in the in the last, um, you know, game. And, and you know, I think we all kind of said some, some similar things that he just didn't seem like he had the bounce to, to, you know, to get past his defenders and so on and so forth. But, you know, again, he probably was dealing with some some symptoms at, you know, at that point, or at least, uh, 
not feeling himself. So, you know, all the best to Joshua Primo. I know that it's not easy. Um, and, you know, this, this sickness is, is terrible. It affects people differently. And hopefully he's, he's A-OK and it's a mild case. But, uh, you know, my initial reaction is it's not, you know, un- unfortunately it's not all that surprising. This is not going to go away. Yeah. What about you, Ben? What was your reaction uh, with uh, Josh Primo here coming down with the uh, COVID now? I was disappointed. I really wanted to see if Josh Primo was going to kind of look a bit different, look better in in this year's summer league. He's, you know, they're asking him basically to play point guard at times and play off ball at other times. So I kind of wanted to see if he was, if he was going to get it together. And now we don't get that chance to see that. Um, the one silver lining is you're going to get a lot more of Blake Wesley and Malachi Branham now. So uh, Spurs fans will have an idea of how much they like them or don't, or, you know, how, how much Blake Wesley can fill in at the point guard. So I'm, I'm curious about that. Yeah. So it's, again, you know, it's one of these things that uh, teams are going to have to be dealing with. And unfortunately it has struck the Spurs twice now with both uh, Jeremy Sohan and now Josh Primo, you know, being put into that NBA health and safety protocols. But uh, going on to kind of a recap of yesterday's uh, disappointing Spurs loss, the Spurs loss to the Golden State Warriors in the Spurs summer in the in the NBA Summer League, should I say. Final score 86-85. There were some things you can say, okay, it was a it was a win. You know, we're looking at some of the stats here I am uh, from yesterday's game and I got to say one of the guys who kind of surprised me was Darius Day, the big man. He can shoot some threes, man. And he finished the game with 17 points in 22.57 minutes of, of play. And we also had Blake Wesley. Uh, he played 30 minutes and he had 22 points. And Josh Primo played his last <laughs> summer league game. He had uh, 10 points in 29 minutes of play. So all in all, not too bad. You know, unfortunately, the Spurs just uh, came up short in the end. Uh, but consensus guys what did you all think of the spurs and the warriors game we'll start with you ben uh pretty solid i what infuriates me the most is i know a lot of these guys are coming from college and they're coming up to play at the nba level i don't under i get that summer league wants to get through games as quickly as possible but i don't understand why you don't just play 12 minute quarters and simulate real NBA games. They're only playing 10-minute quarters. I mean, it's essentially no different than what college does. So that part kind of annoys me because I feel like with those extra eight minutes, one, it requires more coaching so you can see what your staff is doing with those extra minutes uh, as far as rotation, scheming, all those things. Um, But as it pertains to the Spurs specifically, Trevor Zickgraf, love love when he tweets about this stuff. He was saying, uh, my favorite tweet was, Blake Wesley thinks Blake Wesley is a bucket. Um, <laughs> there are, which, which is great because there were definitely times when uh, Blake Wesley tried was trying too hard. And he, he was trying too hard to either score it himself, uh, get guys set up. He, the game wasn't coming as smoothly or naturally to him, so I'm curious if that's going to change tonight. By the way, we are recording this as the Spurs game is about to start against Houston. That we are. But, you know, I, I got to say, I mean, Blake Wesley to me, Ben, he's kind of surprised me. Yeah, uh, He came in right, you know, at the start of the summer league, and he's just been performing at a high level. I mean, the kid's been impressive, man, I got to say. 
he's definitely been assertive and um it's not all that surprising considering the Spurs had him as a top 20 talent. Um, you know, Brian Wright said in a lot of interviews after the draft that all three of the guys they drafted were top 20 guys on their big board. So the fact that they got two guys who are within the top 20 at 20 and 25 is probably good, at least to them as far as value goes. Yeah. So what about you, Wesley? What did you think about the, Spurs and Warriors game uh, the other night, even though it was a loss. I mean, what were your impressions? Well, first and foremost, you know, I'm, I'm not concerned about Malachi yet, but, you know, he continues to just not quite find the bucket. And I know that's not really who he is or what he's going to be. I, I really feel like when it's all said and done, um, this is a young man that, that could end up being um, much like, you know, Rip Hamilton um, in that kind of vein where, where you know, you run him off screens and, and get him shots. And, uh, you know, I, I know that he's not been showcased or hasn't shown us a whole lot just yet. So I'm kind of being patient with that. So there's there's that. I mean, you're going to get players that perform right now and, and those that are still you, you, you want to see more of. And I feel like maybe he's pressing a little bit. Um, it's more in, in, the, in the mental side of his game than, than anything. Um, you got to be impressed with Wesley. I mean, any Wesley's great, right? You know, Wesley's are always <laughs> great. But Shameless pun. Uh, <laughs> but you know this is this is you know Ben's world too I mean if you if you ever take a player off of a college team um, and you ask what you have remaining um, Blake Wesley is that guy if you would have taken him off that Notre Dame squad there was still some talent but they wouldn't have been nearly um, nearly not the that much talent team. Us. no and and you know <laughs> ha having watched him in college a little bit I mean Tech faced off with with Notre Dame in the tournament and you know, you could just tell there's a, there's a special talent there. So, yeah, I, I totally understand why they had him as a top 20 talent. He He's a, he's a gamer. You know, he's the kind of guy that's going to elevate, um, you know, and I think what they probably want to see, the Spurs, I uh, want to see more out of him is can he get his teammates involved? You know, Stephon Marbury in that respect, because I think that's what the Spurs are looking for, right? We, we need to find somebody um, to or somebody's to uh, help with that role. So. Um, those are the things I thought of. Uh, you know, I, I also I just you know again day. I mean, kind of I, I, he's one of the shocks and the surprises in in a good way, and I'm glad to see that he's having a um, a strong showing as well. So um, sucks we don't see Primo again. Um, so that we're not seeing him at all. But um, obviously these these young talents I think are doing a good job. And you know, shamelessly I have to plug Mac McClung from the Warriors a little bit. Just you, you know, he's. You know, I, I, I think the kid is going to get a shot in the league. I mean, I really do. He, he was the G League player of the year this past year um, and, you know, went with the Lakers for a little bit in, in, in the previous uh, outgo. And now in, with the Warriors, he continues to show out. And I think, again, as a scorer, somebody's going to need a scorer. You always do in the NBA, and, and he's a dynamic scorer. So um, it was a good game. I mean, I, let's be honest. I thought the two, the two squads played hard, and um, I agree with Ben. Extend the quarters. Yeah, extend the yeah, quarters. There's no reason not to. Yeah, but you know, there was something that came out of this uh, this this previous game with the Spurs and the Warriors. So I'm going to play the soundbite because to me it was interesting that some fans made a lot to do about nothing. And there were the comments of one Tony Parker. So I'm going to play the comments. What do you think about the current guards you have here for the Spurs, the three 19-year-olds, if you will, Josh <laughs> Primo, uh, Blake Wesley and also Malachi Branham and how they played so far here in the summer league. I have no idea what we're doing as a franchise, so I can't wait for my dinner with Coach Pop. Can't wait. 
On July 20, we have a big dinner with Chateau Lafitte. I know you know that Smitty yes. from Bordeaux, one of the best wine. And uh, I can't wait to have a dinner with him and uh, catch up uh, on the team and, uh, and what we're trying to do. Uh, we have a very, very young uh, roster. Uh, I don't know 75% of the team, to be honest. <laughs> and I'm in the basketball world. So some fans were making a lot about nothing because he says, I have no idea where we're going. I mean, it was really well, nothing. I, he's just saying yeah, he I, has no idea of what's actually going on because he's been out of the game for a little bit doing his own thing. He's going to catch up with Coach Pop, and I'm sure they're going to go ahead and have a conversation, and he'll be like, oh, yeah, we're we're going to full-on tank, Tony. Get ready. <laughs> what were your thoughts? We'll start with you, uh, Ben. Um, it's I, I'm willing to bet that part of the problem is people read it and didn't hear his tone didn't actually hear the interview they read the interview and so it reads differently than it than you hear it um he just legitimately doesn't know who's on the roster and that's not to say that it's a bunch of scrubs he just he does the people forget he's running his own team he has he has a team in france that he has to worry about he's not i i get that he's a spurs guy and he'll always root for the spurs and things like that but like he's He's not all that concerned with what the Spurs roster looks like. He has his own issues to deal with as a, you know, as a grown adult man who no longer plays in the NBA. Um, that's part of it. And then part of it is he, but then they want to leave out the part where he says, I'm excited to see what happens. You know, like I'm, I'm ready to see what happens and what pop is doing with the team. So yes, it's very much ado about nothing. Classic Spurs, Twitter, uh, what, what what are we supposed to do? I mean, you can only try and calm people down for so long before you start pulling out your own hair. Yeah, well, according to some uh, of the Spurs Twitter faithful, the sky was falling. You know, the sky's <laughs> always falling. Stop. <laughs> Bunch of chicken littles out here, man. Yeah, it was it was really not much in that comment. He was just you know stating, "Hey, man, I don't know what's going on," because as you stated, he's doing his own thing. You know, that's right. basically it. He's got, a dinner with, yeah, he's got a dinner with Pop. They'll have some, I'm sure, some super expensive wine and have a good time. Exactly. What about you, Wesley? What was your impressions uh, of the comments of one Tony Parker? You know, I I think that he's literally just kind of mimicking and, and in some ways mocking what everybody kind of feels right now, which is not really sure what to make of anything right now because this isn't what we're used to seeing. I, and I don't think, you know, I know he's kidding and he's messing around and he's going to go, seriously, he'll have a dinner with Pop and they'll probably talk about things and because that's the, that's how Pop is. But um, <laughs> to be fair, let's be honest, the Spurs have, the Spurs fans and Twitter, uh, Spurs Twitter has been for a while now uh, trying to burn conspiracies into uh, into existence for a little bit. So, you know, whether it's the four games in Austin and, and you know, a game in Mexico City or, you know, Trente or, or whether it's, you know, Tony Parker, one of, one of our beloved Spurs who's now saying things that everybody's reacting to. Are, are the Spurs now in danger of becoming the new Jerry Jones where maybe not relevant in a playoff world, but maybe in a um, talking point world? I don't know. I mean, I'll be honest. I would with hate you. that. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I, I think again, it just it's overblown. I mean, I agree. You know, Tony Parker is not going to come in and criticize Greg Popovich. He's never going to do that, and never, never take a look at RC and say, "Hey, Brian Wright, RC, you don't, you guys don't know what you're doing." Um, so anybody who would write something like that or say something like that doesn't understand, or they're national media types that just are ready for a story and and to get 
to get likes on their pages. So yeah, nothing. Yeah, the other interesting uh, facet to this uh, this game, this Warrior Spurs game, is they went ahead and did interview Dejounte Murray as well. So I want to play those comments real quick, so we can go ahead and get your your reaction, both you and uh, Wesley. Was finally going to happen because we've been following your social media. Seemed like you was hinting that something was about to come down, but when it finally came down, what was your reaction? Uh, I mean, my reaction was just uh, it was some. Me, me and Pop already talked about, so it wasn't really no big reaction because before it was done, I already knew what it was, and you know, Pop knew what it was because that was our conversation. Uh, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, we all understand the business, and you know, for me, I try to keep the same motto for me every day. You know, work hard and control what I can control, and uh, you know, I happen to be an Atlanta Hawk, and I'm just excited. You spent your all of your career with the San Antonio Spurs and something that stood out to me you said something a couple days ago is that you knew the Spurs were going in a different direction and instead they didn't want to waste your remaining prime years they wanted to put you in a situation to where you can actually have a chance to contend why does that mean so much to you? Well first I don't even think I'm in my prime or that close to it you know I just came back from an injury man and people don't realize that 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 take a lot of hard work and, and dedication and you know, just timing and everything. Uh, and, and, you know, this is really a year where this past season was a year where I was healthy and, and given, given the opportunity to go try to run a team and, and be the leader of a team. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm a natural leader, but you know what I'm saying? With DeMar out, you know, Kawhi, all them guys finally leaving. So, I mean, uh, you know, at the end of the day, that's the Spurs organization. You know, they're first class and, and you know, I think, like I said, me and Pop, it was an agreement. And, you know, they just want the best for DeJounte. And, and that's something that you got to respect, you know, have a lot of respect for organization, you know, because I feel like that's rare. And uh, for them to send me somewhere where I wanted to go at that, you know, uh, speaks values. Yeah, so that was the end of the clip there. But, I mean, that was just DeJounte just kind of sharing, you know, thoughts after, you know, he found out, okay, the trade had already, let's say, happened, you know. so. And the DeJounte Murray trade, basically what the Spurs are receiving is, of course, they got Daniello Gallinari, a 2023 uh, first round pick, 2025 first round pick, 2026 pick swap, and a 2027 first round pick. Okay, we went, the Spurs went ahead and waived uh, Daniello Gallinari uh, just a couple days ago. Uh, we all knew that was going to happen. But one of the things that uh, DeJounte kind of pointed out is, you know, one thing that Ben had been saying, and that is, you know, unprotected picks. So, you know, that's that's pretty huge, Ben. Yeah, unprotected picks, fam. 25 unprotected, 27 unprotected, 26 unprotected swap. The only protected pick is the Charlotte pick in next year's draft, and I think it's top 16. So basically everybody needs to root for the Hornets to not suck this year. <laughs> um, they need to make the, no seriously. They need to make the playoffs. Um, then the Spurs get their pick. After that, the each year the the protections get less and less. I think it's a lottery, and then it's top ten, and then I think top five. Um, and then I think if it doesn't convey by the top five year, it becomes two second rounders, which is basically worthless. So um, yeah, Charlotte, don't suck this year, man. That'd be great. Yeah, please. So the Spurs can get a higher pick. 
But one of the things I liked uh, about this whole little segment here is something that we kept hearing, hearing over and over again. And this is kind of like, you know, like a, it's a it's done kind of, OK, we're just going to go ahead and bring the player in. It's not done as a, a media release, you know, or a press release. This is just him kind of like freely speaking, which I, I like that, you know. And he was just saying, you know, he kind of knew him and Pop had been talking and he knew what was going to happen. You know, I guess he had started alluding to it on social media, you know. And and Spurs fans, I think, kind of picked up on that and they knew something was amiss. And now that, you know, the Spurs have went ahead and traded DeJounte and now they have a clearer direction. One of the things that I, I'd like to bring up and, and talk with you guys or get your reaction to, and we'll start with you, Wesley, is the Spurs still have a lot of cap, cap space available. I think at the the latest numbers were uh, from Paul Garcia, uh, and Paul was saying that the Spurs had something around the neighborhood of, I think it was a little over $21 million, almost $22 million uh, that they could go ahead and still play around with. You know, they still have that as their their practical cap space. Uh, so they are one of the few teams that are out there that could possibly be in a three-player uh, deal, you know, with the Spurs possibly looking to, you know, pick up a bad contract uh, in lieu of getting first-round picks. That's a very real possibility. Another scenario is, they stand pat and do nothing, and they have cap space so they can go ahead and pay some of their rookies that are going to be coming off of the rookie contracts. So all in all, I mean, I don't expect the Spurs to make a lot of a noise in the offseason, but what are your impressions with the team moving forward and having a little over $21 million in cap space available, Wesley? Well, I'll say this. I think the organization sees the merit behind what Sam Presti has done in, in Oklahoma City. I mean, you know, you look at what they're what they have going forward, and and although I'm still, uh, you know, I I'm still not a huge fan of the big lanky guy with, with you know, chicken wings that you know whatnot. But they have two two incredible players, and I I think their future is is very very bright. And they still have all those picks. You know, how quickly did that all turn around? And everybody was looking at at Oklahoma City, going all those assets. What are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with all those picks? And yet here they are. Um, just absolutely, um, you know, just doing it all the right way. I think the Spurs are going to go a similar path, um, to be honest. So I wouldn't expect that they're going to they're going to take on bad bad contracts at this point. I think that they do like uh, Keldon Johnson and what what he can provide. I think they do like Devin Vassell and what he can provide. I think it's kind of clear that maybe those are the two players that have been targeted on this team to try to resign for their future. Um, and I, I think they're going to save some of that, some of that money too, um, to you know, again to go further as as we get into this, maybe even the next year. But I, I think anything that they do, if they were to make a move to take on a bad contract, Joe, I, I think it would solely be to attract more picks. If they decided to move Jakob Pertle and and or Josh McDermott, you know, that would be solely to get more first round picks. Um, and and I really think we're gonna if we see something start to come about in the next little bit. It'll be more about that than it will be necessarily about a serviceable player. Um, I will I will say this off the topic that I think the pickup of Isaiah Roby was, was a genuine, brilliant move. You know, I, I think he's going to be a really solid player for the Spurs. And more importantly, he he's really looking forward to coming to San Antonio to play here. So that's that's a great pickup. But again, to your, to your point, Joe, you know, I, there's nothing out there cap-wise that you have to force yourself to spend. Um, and if you're not going to help in a three-way trade and, and earn your own assets, then you stand pat. Yeah, what about you, Ben? I know that the name of DeAndre Ayton has been th been thrown around out there, 
as recently as this week. I mean, what are your impressions on what the Spurs wind up doing with all this cap space available? They probably become trade partners to take on terrible contracts and in order to get more picks as well. Um, if they were going to make a move on DeAndre Aiden, they would have done it already. From what I've heard and what I've seen, it looks like Indiana is going to try to sign and trade to get Aiden. But if they do that, then they have to they have to send Miles Turner. It seems because there's no way those two guys play together, and Miles Turner isn't going to go from being a starter and being a very good starter to taking a back seat on the bench. There's no way he does that. So I think if that happens, he gets sent to Phoenix, which is probably fine. And he probably fits there really well because he's not a guy who says that I need the ball on my hands all the time and the offense has to go through me. So it works out. But uh, Spurs, yeah, I don't, I just don't think – it doesn't make sense for them and their timeline probably to go after DeAndre Ayton. Um I think Paul was saying on the Spurs cast that the Spurs can actually get up close to 30 million in free space, depending on other moves, on what other moves they make. Um, you know, if they renounce a couple guys or waive a couple guys, they can, they can get there. Um, in which case, maybe they go after Aiton, but I just, I think if they were going to do it, they would have done it by now. They would have attempted. So, I just think they're going to sit around. They're going to be patient. They'll say, we'll keep some of the space open for extensions next year. They're going to have to – I assume they're going to extend Vassell. I assume they're going to extend Keldon Johnson. Um, like Wes said, I love that they had that pickup of Isaiah Roby, who was a guy who thought he was going to go to San Antonio when he was drafted. Um, he was in OKC, kind of got pushed out just because they have so many digs. There's no need for him. So now uh, he gets added to the Spurs roster, and I think he's going to help them immediately. He's going to play some good backup spot minutes here and there and should be fine. If he can show that he can shoot the three consistently, he'll get even more time. So very low risk, uh, potentially kind of a medium reward uh, move for the Spurs there. Yeah, and really what their max pass possible cap space is is going to be closer to – $34 million. It's like $33,995,755, you know, at the end of the day. So round it up, it's about 34 mil, you know, uh, that they could fully realize if, like you said, they made some moves and took some guys off the books, you know, that's basically what they'd be uh, playing around with. So, Hey, Joe and, and uh, Ben both, I, I feel like too, it's worth mentioning, um, you know, there's been some talk and I know on Spurs Twitter, we talk about it all the time, but this one actually has a little bit of teeth to me. Uh, about how do you think that they're going to hold on to 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 their players who we already see you know, Dejounte walk and we I think we know that Dejounte also wanted to play with Jay Young, but you know how do you keep a Keldon happy? How do you keep a Vassell happy when they when their deals up because they're in the middle of this rebuild too? And the answer to that equation is and I, and I think you know depending on what you guys think here too, them not picking up Aiton or going after Aiton to me signifies that they are fully in on trying to get Wimby or one of the other great players that are going to come out of this next draft in the top five. So, I mean, do you guys feel like they're going to have problems signing Keldon and or Vassell, either one, when it's their time to uh, extend? Well, my impressions are, does Keldon and Vassell, do they fit currently with the Spurs' current timeline, with their current trajectory? You know, same thing could be said for Yaka Portal. Because let's face it, if you want to go ahead and, and really build from within by going to the NBA draft, you got to suck something awful. 
So that means you're trying to get the most for the guys that still have some value, you know, whether that be picks or you want to go ahead and maybe make some cap space and you want to take on some younger players uh, that could possibly uh, flourish into something or even be possibly used as trade bait. You know, I mean, the Spurs, they have a lot of uh, they have a lot of work and a lot of <laughs> soul searching to do. You know, and I think that uh, some of these players such as Keldon, you know, Devin Vassell, even Yaka Portal kind of know that they could be traded at any moment before the trade deadline, you know, when the regular season starts. So that's my impression. What about you, Ben? I, first of all, the the Spurs are not going to have a problem re-signing Keldon and Devin Vassell. I mean, DeJounte said it in that interview. They They did everything right. They did right by him. They said you know, we're going to commit to a rebuild. You don't deserve to be here. You deserve to be in a place where you can win. They did that. They gave that to him. He's playing with a guy he really likes in Trey Young. You know, by all, in all intents and purposes, they have done everything they are supposed to do as a franchise to potentially lure other guys to San Antonio. So I, I don't see it being an issue uh, I would say that Vassell and Keldon Johnson fit the timeline. They're the right age. They're developing properly. Um, Jakob Pertl is definitely the only guy who doesn't really fit because he's older at this point. Um, I want to say this: he's turning either 27 or 28 this year. He's 27, I think. Okay. Pretty so, sure. yeah, he's a little on the older side for this rebuild. Um, but he's in my opinion, a top 10 center in this league right now. He just never gets talked about because he doesn't do fancy things on offense, but he's a very good defender, an underrated defender. Um, and the Spurs, assuming that they kind of go full tank, I mean, obviously they're going to try to be competitive, but I don't know how competitive that roster can be. Uh, you know, that's, of course, not having it filled out all the way, potentially, if they're going to make trades and get other guys because they're going to be so far away from the salary um, the salary cap I actually need to see if they're going to, if they're going to be over the salary floor, which not many people talk about because the NBA is very much a spending league, not a saving league um, like the MLB for a lot of teams. So um, to me, they, yeah, they should, they should be looking at the 23 draft. They should hope that Charlotte is a decent team so they can get their pick somewhere in the late teens or twenties. And if I ever hear Wesley Perkins shorten Victor Wembenyama's name again to Wemby, Wemby. I might lose it. Um, that name is way too fun to be shortening, sir. <laughs> hey, man. Wembenyama. How do you not have fun saying that? Well, no. to his defense, uh, you know, Ben, he is a, a Texas Tech alum, so. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. I, I need two syllables, sir. Two syllables. <laughs> Wesley, Joe with his poke. Don't poke. Hey, don't poke the Red Raider, Joe. You don't know what what he might shoot you with. <laughs> oh man, the way that they go ahead and perform in the you know in the tourney, it'll be shooting blanks, man, because they can't come up big when it matters. Hey. <laughs> oh my god, that's what I'm for, dude. Hey, you, you do realize that that Duke team they lost to had like five guys in the top eighteen picks. You know, no excuses, Wes. <laughs> Saying. And that number one guy that, t- that looks really good, by the way. Yeah, that, he's pretty darn also, good. Also, you, you thought they were going to let Duke get – you you thought they were going to let Duke not get to the Final Four? Come on now. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> How can you ruin Coach K, man? You can't do that. You can't do that you to gotta, the guy. You got to let him screw it up on his own. 
Yeah, absolutely. Kansas did that for him. Kansas, man. What a game. <laughs> well, we do have some Spurs news and notes that I'd like to go ahead and address here before we uh, start bringing the show to a close. Uh, the, one, the Spurs went ahead and signed uh, Dominique Barlow to his two-way contract, which means that they still have one open roster spot left so they can sign an additional player to another two-way contract. Uh, they have not signed uh, Gorgie Dang uh, officially yet. You know, they haven't made that announcement. But one of the big things that did come through uh, earlier today was the San Antonio Spurs unveiled their classic jerseys. And the fan reaction was great. You know, everybody had been waiting for these classic, you know, iconic, uh, you know, retro jerseys. You know, they were the Iceman. They even had the Iceman come out and unveil the jerseys to the media, holding up the iconic silver and black with the San Antonio on the front. You know, I mean, everybody had been wanting that. I think uh, the the Fiesta jerseys, they're still cool and all, but they had already been a little played out, you know, and, and fans wanted more of a, a traditional you know, silver and black. And I was one of those as well. I was waiting for this to happen. But you also got the other faction of fans that always have to find something to nitpick about. And there was some plenty of those as well. They're like, why does this happen now that the team is going to suck? I'm like, it doesn't matter, man. Just just enjoy what you, you get funny, at this point. Dude, that's how it works. You got you to gotta give the people sexy uniforms so they can buy money or so they can buy the jerseys. So they can go to the games. Yeah, I'm right. So anyway, well, let's go ahead and get your reaction, Ben. What did you think when you saw the jerseys? Were you were you down with these jerseys? I mean, did oh, you I love those jerseys. Uh, that is a classic look. You can't go wrong. Um, and for anybody who is nitpicking, stop. You know what? You know what could be worse? They could have the Jazz uniforms. How does oh. that sound? You want the Spurs having the Jazz uniforms? Those are terrible. So stop. Just enjoy life. Enjoy the jerseys. Get yourself a retro, man. It's going to be sick. You're going to wear the shorts? I don't know if I'd be able to handle you in shorts, man. You're kind of light-skinned. You might, you know, kind of flash Kind me. of. That's very generous of you. <laughs> um, you. You know, I'll I'll give my shorts to Rocky. I'm sure he'll like oh, that. Oh, man. <laughs> he'll, instantly, he'll cut them and make them short shorts. Yeah, I'll make them even shorter. Yeah. Oh, jeez. What about you, Wes? What was your first reaction when you saw the, the unveil of the new jerseys? I want one. Where can I buy it? I mean, there seriously. It's, it's awesome. I've, I've got an old school uh, Gervin. What is it? Uh, it's like it's like a shirt, a shirt and a jersey, a jersey. Right? You know, but it's man, I, I love those colors. I think that's just so classic Spurs. I, I've been lobbying, you know, also. And I think, you know, you know, Ty or somebody was saying on, on Twitter that there's some more retro stuff, you know, like this. And I, I think, honestly, dudes, I mean, it's it's still not quite the cor- correct time frame. But I mean, why not have an ABA? you know, game where you have the, the, the red and blue ball. I mean, come on. Let's you want just him to go back to out. the Chaparrales? Yeah, man. I, why not? I was going to say that same thing, Joe. I mean, have the Chaparrales jersey come out again I, in, in, in a new Where uh, are the Virginia way. Squires? Yeah. <laughs> let's go. I mean, seriously, though, on the Spurs jerseys, I mean, anybody's going to find stuff to nitpick about. But, you know, again, uh, anybody that says that isn't a good look is just, I'm sorry. Go cheer for the Lakers. Yeah, I think I think from the latest press release, they said that the jerseys will be available in, in the fan shops at La Cantera. I know it at the AT and T Center beginning in September, and expect yeah. more apparel to be you know touted out as well. Beanies, hats, you know the works. They're yeah. gonna just beat just it over. Me, an artist Gilmore retro jersey. I'm in. There you go. 
if I only buy one more jersey in my lifetime, I hope it's an artist Gilmore. I love that man. Or Johnny Moore, man. I want a Johnny Moore jersey in a bad way. Wow. I mean, come on, give me a Johnny Moore jersey. Throwing it back. Yeah, you're throwing it way back. And uh, one of the other notes that I'd like to to leave with here, one of the the news and notes section that we're doing right now to end the show is the San Antonio Spurs uh are gonna be saying goodbye to long assistant head long assistant coach uh that has been with the the team for quite some time and that is chip england so we won't have anybody anymore <laughs> the players won't to help them with their shot so i think it signifies either he's getting a promotion maybe somewhere else and another team had come a calling and is going to probably give him a you know an opportunity somewhere else or maybe he's just going to go ahead and go into business with himself and like our good friend uh, John Diaz said, you know, kind of uh, just open up his own shop, you know, and just go ahead and start making his own coin, you know, and just start teaching players there, you know, at his in his own facility. So that could be a possibility as well. But I think it just signifies too. I mean, the guy didn't sign up for a rebuild. He's been with the team for quite some time. Maybe it's time for him to go ahead and go in a, in a different direction. But at the end of the day, the Spurs are probably going to go ahead and be looking to to fill that position, and I'm sure the next person that they have lined up will hopefully do a commendable job because he's going to have big, big shoes to fill in uh, in the vacancy that Chip England is going to leave uh, behind. What were your impressions on this announcement, Ben? Sad, big sad. Um, Chip has been with the team since 2005. Obviously, cr- widely credited with fixing Tony Parker's shot and making him a serviceable three-point shooter, which at the time was nobody thought would be possible. Um, I will say the Spurs and specifically Popovich's coaching tree goes far and wide. I imagine they'll find another guy. I'm willing to bet that they pluck a guy from overseas that no one's ever heard of, and he's going to do a fantastic job or she, whoever it may be. But yeah, I think chips earned, earned the right to, go out, maybe start his own business, his own clinic, whatever it is, and just say, I, you know, I only want to work with the clients I want to work with, or I only want to work with a few people and be done with it. He has certainly earned that. That he has, and he can charge whatever the hell he wants because he has a proven track record. <laughs> That's right. And then make sweet Instagram videos, bro. Yep. What about you, Wesley? What was your uh, first impressions when you heard this news? Well, I harken back and, and I'm going to make a big pun here, but Chip is responsible for a lot of the chips. You know, I mean, he's the guy that behind the championships that, you know, quite frankly, there were problems all the way throughout, you know, where he literally helped players. I know Tony Parker is what Ben was just talking about. The deuce? I, I, just, I keep thinking about, yeah, the deuce, man. God, Kawhi Leonard, his shot was horrible. You know, it, he everybody looked at him in, in that draft as a player who was going to be a dominant defensive force, but nobody saw him becoming an offensive force. Um, and that a lot of that was Chip England. And, 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 had, and Kawhi said as much uh, in those interviews with, with, uh, about his development. Same thing, too, with, you know, even of recent days with DeJounte. Uh, think about Keldon. I mean, look at Keldon's shot. Look at the difference in Keldon Johnson right now and how he's shooting the ball versus what he was doing, you know, a season ago. And, and, and a part of that's just learning and getting it. But, you know, Chip England is the, I think the the greatest, uh, you know, specialty shooting coach that the NBA has probably seen. Uh, I don't think that there's any denying that that he's he's held a, um, you know, held down the fort and, and been given all the credit and duly uh, duly noted he deserves that. You know, and I agree with Ben. 
you know, when when you have all those successes, when you are documented as as being somebody who is really given back to the game tenfold, it's it's your time to go do whatever you want to do. Um, I was sad because I, I I did think you know I know I haven't been on in a little while. I, I did I did like the, the move of bringing Brett Brett Brown back on the staff and having him as an assistant. So I was kind of excited that part of the gang was back together with Chip behind the scenes. But you know again. I can't be disappointed for what that man has provided for the franchise for all these years. So, you know, big standing ovation, kudos, Chip England, for all the years of service to the San Antonio Spurs. Well, with the Spurs bringing Brett Brown back, Ben, I got to say, I think this signifies to me, and I'm just playing around, that the Spurs are about to embark on one of the classiest tanks that the NBA has ever witnessed. <laughs> they're, they're about to trust the process so hard right now. No doubt. I mean, you gotta you gotta pick the lesser of two evils. You're either gonna want to go ahead and tank and get high picks, or you want to stay irrelevant and be uh, delegated to NBA purgatory. I'm all in yeah. for the tank. Yeah, you don't you don't want you don't want us to keep ending up in the play, and that's no fun for anybody. Nope, it's certainly not. So I'm on team tank. This going? No, I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm just gonna see what's gonna happen with the Spurs this season. And then you know, honestly, they don't even have to tank. I mean, they can just go ahead and keep staying the course. Are they not? They probably won't be very good, and that's okay. You know, if they win ten or fifteen games, they're gonna get a high pick. You know, if they win less than that, it's a win-win. Either way, you're gonna see a lot of a you know a lot of these younger players develop. So you have that to look forward to, and of course, those really cool uh, classic jerseys. And they're also gonna have a game this season. In the Alamo Dome, I don't think they're going to go ahead and roll out the nice retro court you know, that everybody remembers seeing when you went to the Alamo Dome back in the day. But nonetheless, it's still going to be fun to go ahead and go down memory lane and have a beer and watch the game, you know, in the comfort of the uh, ugliest arena. <laughs> hey, by the way, Joe, I, I can't let you go on without just stating the obvious. Sir, Team Tank, that's TT. That's double T, oh, Coach. God. Let's go. No, I'm not. I'm not for Team Tank. I don't think Co Coach Pop just isn't gonna. He's not built that way, man. He's gonna try, but unfortunately, this is what he's he's got to work with. You know, a lot of young talent, and they're gonna make a lot of mistakes. But let's go ahead and end the show on that note. The Spurs are going are in the second quarter right now with five minutes and twenty two seconds left to play, and they are up on the Rockets, thirty nine to thirty one. So hopefully, they can get their first win in summer league play. So we, as we go ahead and bring the show to a close, Wesley, where can they follow you on social media? At Wesley Perk is my Twitter. That's my, that's my sport, sports persona, so to uh, speak. Uh, obviously, right now, um, lots, to, lots to think about from a college perspective, which is kind of my other thing, is, as I've been alluding to, is, um, especially on the college football landscape with uh, alignment and those kinds of things. So lots of fun Spurs alignment talks. College sports in general, kind of becoming pro sports junior. I mean, what, what's going to happen? So, anyway, yeah, hook me up. Uh, look me up at West, Wesley Perk, and I'll talk some sports with you. Yeah, and you can also follow our good friend here, uh, Benjamin Bornstein of Project Spurs, and also go to projectspurs.com and check out all the great content that they have from the plethora of talented writers there. And I know, Ben, uh, you and Evan, uh, Evan Townsend might be recording something after this uh, Summer League game. Is that correct? Yes, sir. I think we're going to do a spaces, uh, you know, three summer league Spurs games. I think we have, you know, enough to go on to see what we like and don't like about some of these guys. Uh, I have a feeling we'll be talking a lot about Blake Wesley. There you go. I like Blake Wesley to me has been the one that's really stood out to me. 
and, and summer league play thus far. I, I really like the kid. I like that he doesn't get uh, dejected when he makes mistakes. He just powers through them, and he yep. just keeps on balling, man. I like the kid. So, Ben, where can they follow you on Twitter? You didn't give us your Twitter handle. Uh, well, you can follow me on Twitter at the underscore Boomstein. Um, yeah, give me all your hate. I feed on it. It gives me strength. It gives me focus. Palpatine would be so proud. Mm. Um, but doing that, um, you know, tweeting from the Project Spurs handle when we've got spaces, things like that. So uh, follow me on there. And, you know, I'm happy to talk college basketball, prospects, NBA, whatever you want. I have very many uh, strong feelings. I don't know if they're hot takes, but certainly strong feelings about uh, some of what college and the NBA have done with the game of basketball. Oh, there you go. So we're going to go ahead and bring the show to a close on that note. So for Wesley Perkins and Benjamin Bornstein, I'm Joe Garcia. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. And like we always say, spread the love, stop the hate, be kind, we're out, peace. Peace.